So welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you help other people. I am here with my, oh, I didn't introduce myself. I, <laughs> who are you? I'm all nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Disembodied voice in my ears. Who are you? What is Let this, just, the 90th episode? <laughs> I'm just going to start this over. This is probably 41, 41. Yeah. Wow. So almost, almost 90. Almost, rounding up. My name is Kate Watson, and I am here with my good friend, Leslie. Leslie, would you like to say hello today? Hey, Kate, good to hear you again. It's good to hear you too. So Leslie and I are recording this in separate places, but we, we're, we're meeting on Zoom so we can see each other. And Leslie was like, hey, do you want to see my fake glasses? And I immediately pulled out my fake glasses. So now we have competing or dueling, dueling fake glasses that we're wearing. And we're pretty stylish. This segment brought to you by fake glasses. <laughs> All right, our first endorsement deal of the podcast. <laughs> um, Leslie, how you been? That's a loaded question. This oh yeah, it's been, it's, been a, it's been a couple of days. I feel like every time you ask me that, I'm never like, well, it's been boring, Kate. Thanks for asking that. No, it's, it's always, there's been a lot of stuff happening in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, we are through the holiday season, which was uh, hmm. different than any year. Yeah thus far and here we are looking at new year new set of days <laughs> a, new, a new set of shitty problems to solve in the world um yeah i mean uh it's it's tough because we this is our first episode back in 2021 now and after a really brutal 2020 i know everybody had high hopes of like just how grand this brand new year would be. And we were all excited. And um, you know, we're a few days, we're a few days into 2021. By the time this airs, we will be, you know, a, a month or two into 2021. And it's just like, you know, still a tough world out there, still a lot going on. But here's what I've noticed. People are, I think, getting a level of acceptance that this is just a a, a time of our lives that's requiring some resilience, some grit, some digging deep. And I think people are kind of getting used to waking up every day and having to like <laughs> do this again. Uh, Just what do you period. Think? Getting used to waking up every day, every one of them. <laughs> Doing it again. <laughs> well, and it's also the time of year where people tend to, I mean, for better or worse, <laughs> they tend to set goals for how they're going to change their lives and improve things and um that <laughs> we could talk about this every year when you and I speak in January I mean New Year's resolutions traditionally don't go so well for people and I wonder if ever you could imagine a year where like we may be worse set up than we are right now <laughs> to, to just like fail miserably at New Year's resolutions um just feels like there's a lot going against us you know I I, you're right. Every, every year I'm like, 
ah, New Year's resolutions, everyone gives up on them and it's just a big punchline. Um, but I will tell you that as we are rounding the corner um, on December of 2020 and looking forward, I wasn't like writing down like, number one, I will eat only kale. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, I did feel a sense of leaving the past in the past, which is good and bad um, for a lot of reasons. Um, and trying to start off in a better place than, mm -hmm. than I was the day before. Um, so resolutions that I can, you know, write on a cute whiteboard and check off, no. But, you know, did I wanna say, get back to some of the good habits that I had maybe let go? Yeah. yeah. It made it till um, Wednesday, January the 6th. <laughs> it went out the window again, but anyway. <laughs> Oh gosh. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, I know the science of behavior change says new year's resolutions don't work. I know that. And yet every year I do really like setting some goals for the year. And, and, and it's not that I am trying to really hold myself to them and that I'm going to be so disappointed when I fail. It's, it's a symbolic thing. It's like, I don't know. I know January 1st is just the next day after December 31st, but symbolically it feels different. It feels like the start of something new and fresh and exciting and hopeful. And so even if it's just symbolic, I like the idea of kind of setting an intention or a vision for the year. And I will probably always do it, even though I know people generally don't stick to a resolution. Yeah, it's a but it does feel sort of like human nature, you know, I'll, you know, I'm going to start this. There, there needs to be an end and a beginning to something. Well, one thing that I did a little differently this year when January was upon us, I was thinking about a book I read. I actually really recommend Wait, this book. I feel like I know what you're going to say. Oh no. What? No, it's a good thing. What is it? Is it, is it Atomic Habits? It is. No. It is. That's what I was going to say too. Wait. How the hell did you know? Of all the books on behavior change and goal setting, you are you reaching for it? You're reaching for it. What is this? I can't hear you right now, but do you see what that says? Yeah. Atomic so, Habits. Have you read Wait, it? I can't hear you yet. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. I had to unplug for a second. Okay. Because it's have been you, in the forefront of my mind. Have you read um, it? I've read some of it. I took it out of the library. Um, I saw... Um, the speakers speak at the Pennsylvania Conference for Women, and it was awesome. I Listen, I don't recommend a lot of books, and, and it's not because I don't like them. I usually just think, oh, only I'll like that, so I'm not going to recommend this to other people. But I have been recommending Atomic Habits to a lot of people. I found it to be incredible. Yeah. Um, James Clear is the author. And um, he writes about, and, and you know this, Leslie, so I'm saying this more for the audience, um, how tiny little changes that you might make to your daily routine, your habits, 
can really set you on a path of success in life. Gosh, that sounds kind of like a sleazy marketing line. Um, so let me let me let me take a stab at that again. These three tricks can zap your belly fat or whatever. Yeah, three powerful moves to set your life on a path of success. Um, all right, I'll tone it down. All he's really saying is if you have goals you want to achieve, fine. But the way that you achieve those goals is in your daily routine. And there's this line in the book that I've been repeating kind of every chance I get and telling and sharing this with people. He says, we do not rise to the level of our goals. You fall to the level of your habits, Mm -hmm. which is a game changer. He's like, look, you can set all the goals you want. Good for you. And you can hope with all of your might that you're going to rise up and achieve those goals. And he's like, the truth is, we just don't see that from people. They don't really rise up and achieve goals. They lean on or kind of fall back on what habits they have formed. And he says, you can form really positive habits, like getting up and making your bed and doing exercise and eating a healthy meal. Or you can develop some really unhealthy and unhelpful habits that kind of point you in a different direction. Anyway, I've been thinking a lot about it. And so this year, when it was New Year's Eve and I was thinking about New Year's resolutions, I said, well, I still symbolically like the idea of setting an intention for the year and I'm still doing the January thing. I love it. But this year, I'm not setting goals for a particular outcome. I'm going to start developing some really positive habits. And I heard you mention that word, Leslie, when you were talking about what you might like to do in your own life, you said kind of reforming or rediscovering some old habits that you might like to kind of give a spark to. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great that, that we're on the same page with this. And I, I, I definitely think that if you're not familiar with this atomic habits, uh, book, give it a, give it a whirl. Um, earlier today when I was talking to my nutritionist, (laughs) she was like, remember that book we talked about? Because I had recommended it to her. And then like three weeks later, she was like, there's this book I want you to look into. And I was like, I told you about (laughs) that. It was was longer than that. Um, But it's it's so good because, and it's something that you, um, it's, it's good to keep reading because there are, there are systems that you have for yourself. Yes. if you rely, you know, the, the more you can fine tune those systems, you rely on those systems, you can offload some of the thought processes because this is what you do. And that's another part of it that I think is, was really um, good for me to think about is the, it's almost like a self-talk thing. Um, he, he mentioned sort of like saying, you know, I am not, I want to be somebody who's um, healthy. I want to be somebody who doesn't smoke. I want to be, you know, X, Y, and Z. It's more saying I, I am, I'm, I'm someone who thinks about, um, you know, nutritious choices. I'm someone who, um, cares about, um, politics. I'm someone who, um, wants to, you know, I'm someone, you know, just, I'm a voter is one of the things that I remember him saying when I saw him speak. Um, you know, I'm someone who uh, calls their grandparents once a week. I am a musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. He speaks about uh, framing 
whether you call them goals or outcomes or habits that you'd like to form, um, he speaks about framing them as an identity. It's not something you hope to do. It's who you are. And so if your goal is to eat healthy foods, then you describe yourself as a nutritious, uh, a new, new, a nutrition conscious person. Sure. Uh, well, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, if you, if you would like to be more politically active, you call yourself an activist. Um, one of the things, so one of the goals I set for the last year was to learn to play the guitar and I practiced a little bit. Okay. I made a little progress, but this year I said, I will be a musician. I am a musician. I play music. That's what I do. Um, and there's a real difference in that. So a couple things, the author of the book, Atomic Habits talks about making your habits as easy as possible. Um, so if you want to, let's say you want to have a better skincare routine, make sure you lay out all your skincare products so they're easy to get. They're not on the top shelf of your closet, so you have to pull them down each time. So make it easy, make it automatic. It's just uh, something triggers you. You say, you know, every time... Uh, I set my alarm for the next morning. I also go do my skincare routine. Setting my alarm triggers me to go do my skincare routine and all my stuff's laid out so it's nice and easy. He says, whenever possible, attach it to something fun. So again, if your goal is to have a skincare routine, you trigger yourself to achieve that goal when you set your phone alarm for the next morning you make it easy by setting all the products out and you make it fun by putting on your favorite podcast to listen to while you're doing your skincare routine. Um, and then the other piece that he mentioned was what you added, Leslie, about making it part of your identity. I am someone who takes care of my skin. I'm not hoping to be, I am. Those were some of the main things that I took away from the book and I just found it incredibly helpful as I was thinking about New Year's goals, rather than saying, I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm gonna lose 10 pounds and I'm gonna learn to play a song or two, I thought, no, let me form some habits. So when it comes to guitar, I've told myself on all of my work from home days, I will play guitar when I eat lunch. If I'm not working from home, I can't really do that. But on my work from home days, when I eat lunch, that triggers me to play my guitar. I've left it right by the table where I would sit. So I've made it easy and accessible. Uh, and it kind of already is fun. So that's easy. Um, but I've been thinking about things in terms of habits, not goals I'm reaching for, habits I'm forming. Yeah, one of the, the major ones, shout out to Emily, who's my nutritionist. Uh, I adore her. Um, I hope she <laughs> but, listens. Um, I, hope, I don't know if she does. Um, but, um, you know, she, um, she and I work with about lots of different things. But, you know, one of the main things, you know, making sure that my kid grows up in a family that doesn't just eat takeout every night. Um, yeah. Not that I did. Um, no, where I grew up, there was no such thing as takeout unless you went to Sheets. Um, <laughs> we just we just lost like 50 philadelphia listeners by you mentioning sheets. <laughs> sorry i didn't defend it i didn't i'm not 
I just I just person. heard all of South Philly turn off their their <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, listen, we can debate Sheets or Wawa. I'm really I, I I'm not really that committed to either one of them, but uh, but you know that was something important. So one of the sort of systems or small habits um, that is always routinely super successful for me is planning out what we're going to eat for dinner every night. And it sounds like pretty rudimentary, um, but, you know, going from, you know, two adults who sort of did whatever, you know, go where the wind blows me, do what I want. Sometimes we would eat at like, you know, eight, nine o'clock, whatever. It didn't really matter to needing to have a much more set routine with um, a, a, a young kid. We needed to get some systems and then, mm rely like fall to uh, how did you put it that he put it I actually misquoted him I think you said it better we do not rise to the level of our goals we fall to the level of our systems I think I said habits I think technically the quote is systems we fall to the level of our systems so you know I can tell you that um you know 5 45 p.m is not the time that I am typically like full of creative energy Mm-hmm. And dinner is a new project for me. Yeah. I'm not a great cook and it's frustrating for me. And then also trying to do things like eat uh, in a way that is nutritious right. <laughs> um, with lots of different food groups in it. it you know, it, setting that system works really, really well for me. So on the, the weeks where I sit down, uh, you know, we do our grocery shopping um, and then I, I write down, every night like tonight is Thursday night I'm meeting with Kate so it's not my night to cook it's Matt's night and he is the salmon chef in our house so it's salmon night um so but listen that's that, an identity right he is the salmon chef that is he's, what, he's mostly the chef for most of the things don't tell okay me. but I, it sounds like it helps that he has does, like an yeah. identity you don't have to wonder well, what's he gonna make that's his thing you know, those, that's when I feel the most successful and the most moment, positive momentum to continuing to make good habits or, you know, continue to make good decisions rather. Um, that's, you know, those systems are when I feel successful. That's when I feel like I have things in hand and I'm not waiting for that moment when I'm not inclined to make, you know, good decisions. Yeah. Um, that, you know, to, to go ahead and think, you know, what are we doing now? Um, the, the reality is people don't make good decisions, just like <laughs> in life. <laughs> people are not that great. And there is such thing as decision fatigue. Oh so my e- God. Yes. So God. even, even if you think, no, 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 I, I make good decisions. I have good judgment. Fine. I believe you, but decision fatigue sets in when you have had to, to call upon your good judgment so much. And when you've had to rely on your ability to make good decisions so much, you get tired. And when you get tired, you start to say, Oh, forget it. I just won't do this or I won't do that. And listen, you know, you and I may have a lot of examples that have to do with like eating well, but this could be about anything. This could be about sticking to a budget. You know, if you, if you might feel like, you know, most of the time I'm pretty good at sticking to a budget. Okay. 
But the more you call upon yourself to make good spending decisions, the more you fatigue yourself and eventually you say, screw it. I just want to go shopping and buy what I want to buy. And I'll bet a lot of people listening can resonate with that, whether it is spending or eating or exercising or whatever goal you have for yourself, you get on a streak or you're doing a good job and then fatigue sets in and you say, well, I've done such a good job this week, forget it right now. And so if you can limit how often you need to make a decision, that's a really good move. The more you call upon yourself to even decide, do I exercise now or do I watch TV now? You're draining yourself more and more. Habits exist so that you don't have to make decisions. You're just doing it. It's just automatic. I imagine most people don't get up in the morning and say, should I brush my teeth? or should I skip it today? <laughs> I think most people just get up and go brush their teeth. It's just automatic. And mm-hmm. if you can make all things like that, that's a really great move. Yeah. Um, I think that one of the, you know, if you're thinking about setting a new sort of habit, I can point to one that I can almost guarantee if you're listening to this podcast, you've had to create this habit in the last 12 months. And, uh, you know, most of us are, are, are required to wear masks um, when we are in public spaces. Um, and that's something that we didn't have to do, um, you know, uh, 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that decision fatigue was something that was weighing on me from the beginning. When do I need to wear a mask? What kind of mask do I need to wear? Who needs to wear a mask? Just me? Does my kid need to wear a mask? In what places do we do this? And then a couple months ago, when I think this was especially aligned when we started to see the second surge begin um, in the United States, um, we just had a get real moment. And we were like, listen, we need to stop having to make this decision all the time. The decision is if we are outside of our house, then we wear masks Mm -hmm. and we have masks by the doors. We set a system, you know, we didn't have to question. We didn't have to worry about, you know, anybody getting offended if they, you know, saw us and wanted to come say hi. And then we had to slap a mask on real quick. It was just the way it was. So that reduced that. It took that part of decision-making off of us. But it sounds like what you did in your family is you set a decision rule. Mm -hmm. And when this happens, we do this. And now we don't have to keep making the decision. We made it once. And now this applies to all these scenarios. And that's a really great way to go. You know, years ago, I was on uh, a really, I I was in a nice habit of eating well, eating healthy foods. And years ago, my habit was to do meal prep on Sundays. And I loved it. It was fun. I put on Motown and I did meal prep to Motown, dancing in my kitchen, set up all my meals for the week. And that worked so well for me because I only had to make the food shopping decision and the cooking decision once, set it all up, package it all into servings, put it in the refrigerator, everything's ready to go. I had gotten away from that habit and Right before COVID hit, I was thinking, oh, I should get back into that habit because my my eating is not so healthy these days. I should start the, the meal prep on Sundays all over again. Well, then when the whole world shut down and we were home, 
I mistakenly thought, well, I don't need to do meal prep now. I'm home all the time. I can Mm -hmm. cook. I can cook whenever I need to. And I'm wrong. I'm wrong about that. (laughs) Meal prep is still important because just like you just described, you know, we still don't want to, to, to make a meal each night, having it all prepped and ready to go on Sundays would still be a good habit for me to have. So it's one I'm trying to reignite. And it's also, you know, when you do something like that, you feel that momentum, you feel that positive, that positive association. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a meal prepper. I'm someone who does this. And that I think lend, lends itself to furthering other positive decisions that you might want to make. You have that under control. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when I feel like I can't do anything, I just feel like everything's out of control. It's spinning and I'm having decision fatigue. I'm having that, like, I just can't, I just cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like break down. That's, you know, when my friends, Ben and Jerry come out, um, but <laughs> that's, right. that's me. Or I, I order Chinese food or something. Yeah. Right. Um, but we can you know, borrow so, this, you know, yeah. what works for meals can also work for so many things. So what I've started doing is setting up my budget for the week on Sundays I also thought about it, you know, whenever I'm trying to get myself to exercise, my first go-to excuse is I don't, I like my, my fitness clothes are in the laundry or like, oh, I don't want to wear those stretchy pants. My favorite stretchy pants are not available. (laughs) And I make like a wardrobe excuse. So then I said to myself, I need to do like wardrobe prep on Sundays, do all the laundry, line up my clothing for the week. And that way I just have the workout clothes ready to go. My Monday workout clothes, my Tuesday workout clothes, my Wednesday workout clothes. It's a system. It's setting myself up for success. And that way I don't have to go, oh, I'm tired and I can't even find a sports bra. And like, I don't feel like it. It's all set up and ready to go. I think that makes a lot of sense. Whatever it is you want to achieve, if it's health, if it's financial, if it's a career goal, if it's an education goal, if it's practicing guitar, if it's becoming more active in your community, if it's becoming a better parent, whatever it is, find a way to create a system that will support it so that you're not exhausting yourself fighting some system that isn't supporting you. Um, so anyway, I can't recommend this, this book, Atomic Habits, enough. And I, and I wanted to bring it up on our podcast, which is really about helping other people, because folks, your friends and family members, your neighbors, your spouse, your children are going to share with you about how hard it's getting at this point to keep up that New Year's resolution. And what's so tempting is to offer ideas like, oh, well, did you try Weight Watchers? Oh, well, how about, you know, yoga? How about this? How about that? Do you have a Peloton? <laughs> do you have a Peloton? Actually, piece of equipment. <laughs> I think last season you and I decided, have you tried yoga was going to be the name of the podcast. And I, I forgot about that. Right. Um, but we're, we're so, we're so prone to offering, here's what you should do. And really, It doesn't matter what people do. It doesn't matter if people get a Peloton or do yoga or quit smoking or whatever. The best thing we can help people do is create a system to support them. Something that they can lean on when they're drained and they're tired and they're in a bad mood. A system that will keep going and keep working 
even when they don't feel like making good decisions. Uh, and so that's kind of where I thought we could bring this back to our, our audience of helpers. So that when you think you're helping someone by suggesting, um, you know, oh, well, why don't you see a nutritionist? You know, you might think you're helping someone by suggesting that, but really what, what could be more helpful is, is supporting this person as they set themselves up with a strong system in their lives. Yeah, um, and reminding them that they have that's their identity, even if it's a new identity, even if it's one identity that you've seen them um, take up and put down many times. Yeah, um, it's who you are. You know, you're just you're like, someone who laces up their sneakers every day. Just like fake glasses are who we are. <laughs> it's a blue light filter or something. Yeah, yours, yours actually have a purpose. I think. I think yours are protecting. So they your say. Eyes. <laughs> All right, let's put it this way. You bought your fake glasses with a noble purpose. Mine are just like an accessory. I just wear them like <laughs> earrings or a necklace. <laughs> I tried that once. And every time I wore them, I'd have to, this was years ago, I'd, I'd have to tell the person. They'd be like, I like your glasses. I'd be like, they're fake. You had to I'm sorry. <laughs> you just don't want to mislead anyone. I'm perfectly happy to let people think I have poor vision because I think they're stylish. I think they're cool. I've wanted glasses my whole life. And as a kid, my mom used to always be like, don't you dare purposely <laughs> fail that eye test. Um, and I never did because I was an honest kid, but I, I really, really wanted glasses. And then I realized you can just buy fake ones. So here we are. Yeah. I feel a little bad that you and I are in on a joke that the audience can't see because they're just listening, but they're imagining. They're imagining. I mean, I'll, I'll share a, a you know fake glasses selfie if you'd like. I, I think mean. I think we may owe that to them at some point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. <laughs> yeah, new year fake glasses. That's that's not a bad title for this one. Um, it's so great to see you and hear from you, and I look forward to doing this again. Um, yeah. You know, to to the new year. Happy New Year! Happy twenty twenty one. We got this. We do. Since that day I live in a dream